0: All right so like Blake said this is going to be a different format Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about radius as a school and then I'm going to ask Scott and Audrey if they're still sitting up there they are Uh, they're going to come up and give a bit of a talk about their time there Um, So far, they are in the midst of it. So they've gone through the first semester, and they are two weeks into the second semester. Just so you understand what it is, it's usually a little bit more challenging to understand because it's not a sending agency. It's definitely not a church, but it's a program designed to reach the ends of the earth. And so this is, uh, these are some pictures just to go with uh, a couple of the messages. So this is my wife and son and I before we headed out um, or the week that we landed in Papua New Guinea as we were learning the national language. Uh, this was us flying over the village of Yembe for the first time. Uh, you can see the houses down there and we lived right on that river uh, for 13 years and we did a little airdrop um, with a little note in it saying that we were coming. That was the first interaction we'd had with the Yembies. This is our house being built. Uh, the yembies helped build this house, and so it's got a lot of uh, jungle poles in it, which means it's not very straight. I'm no carpenter, but by God's grace, some brothers from Michigan uh, and from Minnesota flew over and helped me build cabinets out of plywood and do some other things so that my wife would not Uh, despise my building efforts. Um, This is our house, these are the posts. You can see the posts in the back, and this is my clan. Uh, A lot of the men from the uh, ostrich clan that I was adopted into. And then my son, like I said, uh, went from being an only child to these are some of his brothers that he grew up with there. So 13 years growing up among them. Uh, What a great perspective. A lot of people have this idea that, man, if you grow up on the mission field, your kids are gonna lack for certain things. They may lack for a handful of things, but what they gain is immense. What his background and the way he sees the world in the breadth and the scope of it, and then to see the gospel come in for the first time to a people group and to be part of that, what a privilege. And so uh, this is the first literacy class, Uh, first time many of them had ever written their language uh, in Uh, any sort of format they had taken stabs at it earlier but they didn't have any way to form characters that would make sense to the whole language group and then this is the teaching Uh, the first time that we started teaching we had to root this in time and space this message is not fictitious this message came from a particular area and there's a place in the world where this comes from. And so to root this in time and space, this is a history of mankind story. This is not a fables and fairy tales. And then we had different pictures that went along with the teaching. And as we taught for three and a half months from Genesis all the way through to the death, burial, and resurrection, uh, the The crowd started off quite large. Uh, It took a little bit of a hit when we got to the fall of mankind, and then it uh, grew as we got Uh, further along and then this is um, the first baptism so these are some of the brothers giving testimonies and then uh, these were some of the first believers that were baptized in Yemby Yemby. and then um, the Bible translation uh, that process took us nine years I was in charge of the Pentateuch that's the first five books of the Old Testament Uh, all of the Pauline epistles anything that Paul wrote I translated and then the gospels except for the gospel of Mark and 1st, 2nd, Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, John. Those were all my responsibilities. Uh, It was a lot of early mornings. It's about 110 uh, to 115 degrees every day in the MBMB with about 90% humidity. Uh, We have rainy season and super rainy season is what we like to say. And so you're just constantly humid. So the earlier you could get up before it would get too hot, the better. So we would start work usually around four o'clock in the morning and then by about 11 30 12 uh, your sweat would be dripping off your hands into the keyboard so you had to kind of call it a day so that was uh, the translation process and then this is last year these are the elders and the elders in training uh, for the mb church as it grows and as it continues to spread so we have a night where we gather uh, the MBs are night owls because again it's so warm during the day so we go to about two three o'clock in the morning And we walk through the growth that has been happening, and we walk through the elders in training and how their training process is going. All right, so this is um, a brief history of Radius. So 2005, the idea of a training school came into existence primarily because of that number that I gave you in the first talk about how come there are so few missionaries that are going and staying. If we're going to see churches planted, and I'm going to make this point pretty heavily, Uh, in the next talk and in tomorrow's Sunday uh, service, that churches are the means. We send missionaries from local churches and they're the goal of the Great Commission. The means of the Great Commission and the goal of the Great Commission is the local church. And so how come local churches are sending people and they're not lasting? And so Radius came into existence to answer that question. What is the training that is missing? What are the missing components? We want them to be faithful church members, but how do they learn a language that's never been written down before? How do they stay in North Korea? How do they stay in China when you can't get a missionary visa? You can't get access to those countries if you're going in to proselytize to plant a church. How do you get into those places? No country is un. There's no uh, country that is we're unable to get into. How do we get in and do we stay? So that it came into existence. I'm skipping ahead here. Uh, first seven students arrived in 2012. Uh, that was the first class that went in, and then fast forward to 2020, uh, it's up to 63 students. This is uh, the day before graduation from the class two years ago, and we have two campuses down there. Um, really quickly, Radius Asia, sorry, skipping too fast. Uh, Radius Asia graduates its first class, so if you speak the English language, You come down to Tijuana, Mexico, and we'll talk about why that's the case. Uh, We do the training down in Tijuana, not in San Diego. We find that it's much more effective to train cross-cultural church planners in a cross-cultural location. But if you speak Mandarin, if you're from the house church in China, they found out about this training and said, would you do something for us? So Radius Asia started and graduated its first class in 2020. And next month comes our start of our second campus for the Radius Asia Uh, Students that are coming out of mainland China. And so be praying for those brothers and sisters. They're going to be in Cambodia. Many of them have been brought into the police station for interrogation if they've been on our classes or they've been listening to our teaching. Uh, And then they're going to be gathering in Cambodia for the first time next month. But that that program is going to probably double or triple the English-speaking world, the classes that go on in Tijuana in the next few years here. So this is the first class of Radius Asia graduates, but it's been uh, growing quite rapidly. Uh, Radius Asia material over there. And then what is Radius? So it's a nine month training program, four months, for the first semester, you finish up the second. You come in in August. You finish up the second week in December, and then you come back in January and you finish up the second week in June. That's your two semesters. Located in Tijuana, Mexico, uh, it's a wonderful training city to be trained in a. We're going to teach you how to learn a language, and then you're going to apply that to one of the easiest languages in the world, Spanish so that you get the kind of the training wheels on and you can learn how to learn a language with a really easy language so that when you go learn Mandarin, Turkish, Arabic, Farsi for the first time ever, you've done the system. We're not teaching them a language, we're teaching them how to learn a language so they can apply that to difficult languages and then to another language maybe that's never been written down before. So that's the goal of what we're doing and that's why Tijuana is so helpful. Uh, There's a lot of markets there. There's a lot of uh, working with the community. Classes run from 8 to 12, and then from 1 to 5, you're either in language sessions or you're out in the community making friends, building relationships, learning language. And so uh, these are some of our students from previous years. Practical. uh, cross-cultural church planting training with application in context. We are teaching them how to plant churches and all the nuts and bolts that go into that. This is not a short-term venture. We're gonna talk about that in the next session, Uh, but we're giving them the practical training for how to do that in these closed access countries. So this is campus number two uh, where We have two different campuses so we don't have this huge gringo metropolis where we've got over a hundred gringos that are there from their kids and the staff and all that. So we have two campuses and this is some of our alumni coming in to teach what it's like in the Arabic speaking world. Most of our graduates do not go to Yembi Yembi type places. They go to the Muslim world, they go to the Hindu world, they go to different places around the world that are very, very needy but are not as tribal as where my background is. Taught by experienced staff, if you haven't translated the Bible into a foreign language, you cannot teach Bible translation. If you haven't raised kids overseas for more than seven years, you cannot teach parenting down there. If you haven't planted a church in a cross-cultural location, you're not gonna teach cross-cultural church planning. You have a history, so the staff have a lot of history in what they're training and what they're teaching in. 1300 bucks a month for singles, 25 bucks a month for married couples, multiply that times nine. That is the course cost. Focus of radius. Church planning training for unreached, unengaged language groups. We don't like the language of unreached people groups. Unreached people groups, so Joshua Project, which has so many good things, will list North American hockey players as an unreached people group. And we're going to go, that's a little too broad. Uh, if you can narrow it down, and we all know what a language is, And we know that there will be every tongue, tribe, and nation gathered around the throne. So as long as there are language groups out there with no Christ followers and most importantly no church to perpetuate the gospel for generations, that's an area we got to get to as the people of God, and so unreached language groups is the terms that we uh, we really like a lot more. Language fluency for the sake of gospel clarity. We don't like learning languages. We're not the linguistic language geeks down at Radius, but we think the gospel is really important, and if somebody's gonna understand the gospel well, they need to hear it from someone that can speak their language clearly. You can usually tell the missionaries overseas by they're the ones who get the jokes about 10 seconds later after everybody else. Or they tell jokes and nobody else laughs. You don't want to be those kind of missionaries. You want to be the types of missionaries that you can understand nuance. You can understand humor. You can handle off-the-cuff Q&A from an audience because you know the language and culture so well. And that's what we're training them to be down at Radius. So these are some of our graduates. I don't have time to go into the stories. Uh, They are all over the world in various places. This last year we passed 300 graduates around the world in different locations. And we've found generally, as a general rule, Radius graduates learn languages twice as fast as non-Radius graduates because they've learned the system and they had an environment in a cross-cultural location for nine months to apply that system. And they tend to stick. They tend to go through harder times uh, down at Radius intentionally. The program has a design stress element in it. And that makes for people that are able to handle stressful situations a lot easier equal training for fathers and mothers we are not into training a missionary and his wife we want to train two missionaries the husband and the wife and so we have this program Uh, called the Gap Year Program. So girls uh, and young men for the first time that are taking a gap year from high school to college or in the midst of college, they want to take a gap year. So if you have a niece, a nephew, a granddaughter, uh, a son or a daughter, uh, this is a great program. And they come down, the girls will look after the kids during eight to 12 so that the moms can be in all of the classes with the dads. And then the young men make runs to the San San Diego airport. We get about 30 to 50 guests a month coming down to Radius just to see it. Pastors have an open door to come anytime they want. Uh, Family members come at particular times, but we have a lot of guests. So these are the gap year interns for this year, uh, young ladies and young men that are coming down to fill that role so that the moms can be in class just as much as the dads. Core classes, phonetics, phonemics, linguistics, if you don't understand the building blocks of how to break down a language, those are your core classes. If you don't know those, when you break into a language that's never been written, that's never been heard before, it's really hard to break those things down. Culture and language acquisition, that's basically learning another language, learning another culture, soteriology. What is the gospel? What isn't the gospel? Christians are usually pretty good about what is the gospel, but that is not the gospel. That's a hard thing for a lot of Christians to say these days. There's a, there's a tighter box here. Business for missions, we don't like the language of business as missions. Usually North American missionaries coming out of the West are either really good at business and bad at church planning or they're good at church planning and they're bad at business. We're trying to combine those two so that you can get into India, you can get into Vietnam, and you can stay for 15, 20 years. And you can have a thriving business that by God's grace will keep you there to see the church planted. Ecclesiology, that's the doctrine of the church. We're going to talk a lot about the church. We're going to talk a lot about what makes up a cross-cultural church. Not what are the things that you're used to, but what are the nuggets that have to be there. doesn't matter if they stand up and yell out, this talk is making me want to throw up. That, that, there's still an aspect to a church. They need to have certain core components. So we're going to talk a lot about that. High stress marriage and parenting, where they are going is going to be high stress. My wife and I teach a class called Raising Normal MKs. Uh, There's a lot of abnormal MKs, I can say that because I'm an MK. Uh, So how do you raise normal MKs that can come back in and fit in and understand What this red hog on everybody's mailboxes we drove in today, what in the world is that? And they've never been raised and they've never gone to a basketball game at Arkansas. But they know somehow this has been a value instilled in them because they had had really good parents. Most of what happens to MKs, and if MKs come out well, or they go through hard things, 90% of that is not the kid. It's the parents. How did the parents raise them? How did they put them to bed? How did they talk around the dinner table? And so these are classes. This is a lengthy class that my wife and I walk through. She's got a counseling psych degree, and she was the school guidance counselor for the third largest MK school in the world for a couple years. So we talked through a lot of the lessons from that. And then cross-cultural church planning. Uh, Some encouraging things, and then I'm going to ask Scott and Audrey to come up Uh, Radius graduates are making an impact around the world. This is a team leader in Indonesia a couple years ago. There's just something different about the Radius students. They struggle much less, take off a lot faster. They seem more ready for what comes at them. So Radius, uh, you have early morning workouts. Uh, We believe in training the mind and the body. If you can't do 10 push-ups, you probably shouldn't be going to the mission field. So you've got some real big brains that end up there, but they can't handle the heat and the elements that are coming at them. Uh, We take away your internet the third day that you're down there. There is no social media at Radius. Uh, You are there, and you're there in mind and in body. And what ends up happening is our students' reading ability just goes through the roof because they're no longer involved in some of the things that they used to be involved in. If you come down there and you are having a baby, you're gonna have your baby in Tijuana. There's a design stress to the program so that it replicates field realities. So as students pop out the back end, there's an entire week that they're about to go through pretty soon where they're going to move in with a family from Tijuana and live with them, work in their business, and their language ability will start to grow tremendously. And all of that helps so when they make it to Indonesia, when they make it to Laos, and they're learning the language there. They're able to fit in well with the local community. They're able to understand what nightlife is like. They're not learning language in an office. They're learning the way people speak and the way people live. And so this is some of the fruit that comes from that. The Go Fund, I'll just mention this briefly. So these brothers, uh, they found out that one of the biggest inhibitors to missionaries going was student debt. And they found a bunch of missionaries over the last 10 years and they said, we'll get behind you, just make it overseas and keep going. And a lot of them dropped out. And then they found Radius and they came up with a deal for Radius. If you graduate from Radius, you make it through, these guys will assume 20,000 to $100,000 of your student debt if you're a Radius graduate because they believe in the product that comes out the back end these guys are a better bet to go and to stay and to keep going. And so the Go Fund has assumed nearly $3 million worth of debt from students that have come through Radius and have kept on going to the field. So it's a real perk for college kids. And then free resources. This is probably one of my funnest. Uh, we get resources and I hand them out to the students. There's only two things that they got to do. If you take a book, you read it within a calendar year. That's the agreement that you're making. As you take the book, you've got one year to read it. Number two, Give me a picture so I can say thank you to the organizations that gave it. Uh, These are the organizations that we get most of our books from. So you got Ligonier, Nine Marks, Banner of Truth, Eternal Perspective Ministries, that's Randy Alcorn. Grace to you, that's John MacArthur, and then you've got John Piper with Desiring God. Uh, So a lot of different books. Uh, Some of the students are being exposed to different things, new things that they haven't read before in their past. And then a growing list of advocates. These are men that have either come down to campus or have sent members of their church Uh, down or have taught for us in various ways. So you got Mark Dever in the top left. That's him with a couple students last year. And then some of these men you may recognize. Some of them you don't, uh, but these brothers are advocates of the program. Because as you pop through radius training, you have an individual who has sharpened more. This is what it will take. This is the cost, and this is how I do these things by God's grace. This is a very difficult job, but to have Good training is something that is paramount if you're going to go. We have an annual conference. This one's at Grace Community. That's John MacArthur's Church, June 28th and 29th. Um, If you happen to be in an area near California in June, come on by. Three criteria to be a student a college degree, and then I add a little caveat or life experience that is commensurate with a college degree. We want a more mature individual. And then looking at working with uh, unreached language groups. We don't train everybody that comes. We train people that are looking to plant churches among unreached language groups. And then the big one, the full endorsement of your local church. We don't want people that are excited about going into missions, but they haven't grown up in a local church, and the local church doesn't know them. That's too often been happening the last 50 years in missions. And then who should a church send? Uh, Those who are qualified biblically. Man, if you're going to send church planners, would you make them an elder in your church here? Would they pass the qualifications here? Too often, excitable people want to head into missions, but they're not biblically qualified to go into missions. Are they on that trajectory if they're a young man? heading in that direction, young women, are they qualified in that they understand what the role of the church is and what their role is on a church planning team? And then those who are faithful church members, we'll talk a lot about that next session, so I won't spend a ton of time on that, and those who have the confidence of church leadership. Uh, Our biggest thing when we vet students, and we get more applications these days than we have space. So we get to pick who gets to come out of the application pool. Does their church have confidence in them? Do they have confidence in that these are people that we get behind, that we stand behind? We are encouraged with the, the way that they're growing, the way that they love and move in our local church. And we'll talk a lot about that more. So Scott and Audrey, come on up, and then we will finish up. But Scott and Audrey are going to say a little bit because they are currently in the program. They have to go back tomorrow, so have grace for them. They're loving being back in Arkansas
1: right now. Thanks, Brooks. We are so excited to be here because we are from Arkansas, and so it's been just a blessing that Brooks asked us to come for the weekend, even though we've been back for two weeks. And so we are actually members of a church up in Fayetteville called Fellowship Bible Church. And so over the past three-ish years, our church has kind of been preparing us um, for this task at hand, and Radius has just kind of fell in along that way. And so over the past two-ish years we've been kind of grounded biblically and just with the cultivation of the international students that all come to the University of Arkansas and so our church has this go track that we've kind of gone through over the past two years and and while we were trying to decide where can we fit in a type of training that is um, just so grounded in language and culture because that is so important for what's ahead and we've had friends of ours that actually have gone to Radius before, and so our church decided that we, they will send us to Radius for a year to basically have an immersive training that we will just um, grow just in stepping into a new whole language and culture and learn, and so so a little bit of a testimony from both of us. We'll both share just a little bit about our, about our time. It's honestly been such a blessing to be there because you're surrounded by so many like-minded Christ followers. I mean, there's, on our campus specifically, there's 30 students who are all going through the same training we are, and then there's also staff, like Brooks, who have gone and actually seen a church planted, and there's multiple others in that same way, and so that whole environment has been such a blessing to just learn from each other and grow from not only the staff, but also the students, and like Brooks has said, the whole training is geared To grow you in so many different ways, but a lot of it is just putting pressure. the, The training, I guess, in a way, there's a lot of components to it. And so all these work together to grow you, but then to also push your limits, push the comforts that you once hoped in and found rest in. And it allows you to push not into the things of the world, but it honestly just helps you push into the Lord. And so we've just seen that in different ways. And one of the classes that I'd love to share a story of is uh, it's a CLA class, so a culture and language acquisition class. And so for the first, I think it was like week three, where we were there. They had us go to the beach. So we went to La Playa and we had to figure out how to get there on a certain form of public transportation, which we had never taken before. And so we're, honestly trying to figure this out, trying to figure out how to get there, and so we just start hopping on these taxi de rutas, which is like a bus route, and so they bus us one place, and then somehow, some way, in God's grace, we found a bus to La Playa, Las Playas, and so we made it there, and then while we're there, we're actually having a scavenger hunt, but the only thing is, we're not given the opportunity, we're, we're encouraged to not use Google Maps, Apple Maps, whatever it is, to find these different places Uh, that we're supposed to go and find. And, And so what else are you supposed to do to find a place other than ask the locals? But like I said, we've been there three weeks, and so our Spanish ability is very small. And so we were just walking around, trying to ask people, where do we go? And something we learned about the Mexican culture is they are so, so, so kind, and they will help you no matter what, whether they know the answer or not. And so that means they'll point us in whatever direction we need to go, even if it's not the right way. And so we we learned a lot and grew a lot during that time. But uh, just that pushing out into the community, pushing out into the locals, even though you don't have a le- common language or culture, has been just one of the benefits that we've seen of being at Radius. And then even though that is so difficult and hard, I mean, just leaning into the Lord in those moments and leading, leaning into your fellow students and the staff to kind of help you along as you grow and learn. And so that was a little bit, that I found beneficial and so Audrey's going to share about a little bit what she's found helpful.
2: Yeah, so we are learning Spanish right now and we're learning like we have language sessions where we sit down with the local and they teach us or they usually can't speak English but they teach us how to speak Spanish and so we have that practical formal side of it but we also a big part of what we do is just get out in the community and make friends because if you think about it, when we go to another country, can y'all hear me okay with this? Is this is working. Okay, but when we go to another country, that's how we're going to start, is just getting to know people, talking to them, and it was so crazy, because when we get there, we're like, we can't even talk to these people. We didn't, we didn't bring pillows with us, and we're like, we don't even know how to say pillow, or like when they tell us the cost of it, we're like, we don't, we don't know what that number means. Um, anyway, though, the Lord has been just really sweet, and we have, we have some pretty close friends that just live there in Tijuana. They live down the road from us. We can run down to their apartment, and there's one couple in particular. They're our age. They're an engaged couple, and we just love them. We're just similar in a lot of ways, and the girl, um, she doesn't speak Spanish, or she doesn't speak English, sorry, and so that's really pushed me in, all right, if I want to talk to her, I'm going to have to speak Spanish to her and I don't know, my heart's just grown to love her so much, and I can't even explain why, and I'm just like, man, or I was talking to Scott one night over at the training, and I was like, Scott, like, why haven't I told her, like, more about why I love the Lord, and why haven't I shared with her about this hope that's in me, and he's like, well, Audrey, like, you can't, Um, I'm like, that's true, <laughs> but because I can say, like, I can say in Spanish, I love the Lord, God has changed my life, but from her side of it, I know she's not a believer. Like, when I say God, that's not gonna, like, God could be anything to her. Like, anybody, anything out there could be God. But, like, I always thought, well, my passion's just gonna exude, and she's gonna understand that the God of the Bible is the same God that I'm talking about. But, like, no, I'm gonna have to be able to answer all these questions she has, and I don't have the language to do that. And that's just really opened my eyes that in another country. I'm gonna have to learn this language, learn it well. And, y'all, not just the language, but also the culture, because the language is kind of like math in a way. It's objective. Language is going to be the language, but the culture, like what do these people think? What is their worldview? Where are they coming from? It's just like, I'm going to have to uncover these things to be able to tell what Jesus did and why that is, trumps everything that they believe and every worldview they have. And so, just overall, it's just been eye-opening, because going to Mexico was the first time i had gone another country at all and I am thankful for the training and there's a lot of stories we could tell um but also I want to thank you guys for listening to us and caring about it and it's just been a growing process for us and we're excited that you guys are also on that train so thank y'all for letting us talk